The road to consciousness. We will figure out consciousness, which is the biggest mystery in human history. How we're going to do it is that we're going to look at multiple different disciplines, looking for pieces of the puzzle. I don't think it's going to come from a single place. And then some things are classified as knowledge, justified true belief from epistemology. And some things are assumptions. Knowledge, we have fairly good data and evidence that point to the one thing. Okay. Assumptions, we're going to have to make that maybe there's not enough evidence. There's some inkling or there's competing theories and we're just going to have to do that to progress and to, to move forward. Otherwise, we won't and we'll probably go around in circles. <laughs> we touched on emergence. Emergence is one of, if not the biggest concepts that we need to make assumptions or understand. And emergence really comes about from what happens at one level of the individual parts that we see different things from the system as a whole, different attributes, different properties. This is a concept that cross-cuts many different areas. Consciousness is one of those areas. Something happens in the physical working of the brain between the electrical and the chemical signals that if you look at the neurons individually or the neurotransmitters by themselves or even the group, all of them, let's say you looked at a nuclei of, of a functional piece of the brain. Take an example. Hippocampus. Hippocampus transfers your short-term to long-term memory. It is definitely involved in our ability to create new memories and distribute them to different parts of the cortexes and brain. If you looked at the group of nuclei in the hippocampus, even if you saw them active, which we can with some EEGs and, and things like that, although we learn the most when there's functional areas that don't behave or something has happened. There's been patients that have lost their memory due to either surgery or some viral infections. And then by studying their behaviors, we understand which parts of the brain were affected and what their functions were. But... I know there's a lot of people that look at the neurons and how they fire and, and can see them. We will not see the concept of memory, no matter how hard we looked. There, it is an emergent property. The other big area where this applies, which I am going to say is the biggest in terms of our scientific knowledge, is quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics is the most successful theory we have ever had in explaining what happens in the objective reality. It can tell you where a particle will be after a certain period of time, after a state change from one to the other. One concept to understand first is our scale that we live in. We live in a macro world. We are not tiny enough to live in the quantum world. We are not fast enough to experience or live in the relativities, special relativity world, where there's things like if you put enough energy and move fast enough, you experience time dilation. Time becomes relative. You experience length contraction. This is all part of an experience we don't have day to day. In the same sense, we don't live in a world small enough to 
be part of the effects of something like quantum mechanics. And we'll get to a little bit more about what that means. We also don't live in a very large scale. The universe is huge. It is uh, 100, approximately 100 billion light years across. That is massive <laughs> compared to the scale we live at. The quantum mechanics part is very interesting when it comes to emergence. The theory itself is successful because it is proven to be able to be applied to the macro world in terms of uh, the mathematics. Essentially, Newtonian physics gives us a good way to measure what happens to let's say things in the macro world such as a tennis ball or a baseball given all the forces around it you can calculate where that trajectory or the next position is going to be great this changes when you go down to the quantum level and quantum level being a very very tight like a i don't know a billionth of a meter or i don't know 10 to the 10 negative 10 to the negative 10 scale things don't behave as they would or you would expect using newtonian physics in fact you can't what you then do is apply things like the Schrodinger equation and the wave function to then determine where a particle is going to be next. But what you're actually doing is determining the experience you're going to have with that particle, not necessarily what that particle does. This is the gap of emergence. Even though we apply quantum mechanics very successfully, it actually underlines most of the technologies we have today. It, is a, it gives us a probabilistic distribution of where part is going to be and we can apply that. What we start to see happening at the quantum level are things like superposition. Particles are actually in multiple places at once. We see, see things like wave-particle duality where a particle acts as a wave and a, uh, uh, and a particle, <laughs> I'm using the same term, at the same time literally at the same time we experience none of these in the macro world we see things like quantum leaps electrons are in specific orbitals of the nucleus and going from one orbital to the another if you put energy into it it actually disappears from one and, and comes back in another place it doesn't do like a ladder it doesn't climb a ladder it just jumps to the next and jumps back let's see what else there's more here um entanglement where two particles, no matter how far apart they are, are linked in some sort of way. Whereas once you look at one of them, the state, for instance, the spin or any other quantum state, will be tang entangled with the other one. The other one will be in the other tangled state. So what I'm trying to get at is all of these ramifications of the behaviors at the quantum level emerge when we observe them or when we run experiments on them to the heart of empiricism when we let's use the word experience when we experience the quantum world the emergence kicks in and our theory is telling us how that emergence it doesn't tell us how that emergence happens it tells us what the behavior it is when that emergence does happen it doesn't actually tell us the philosophical ramification of quantum mechanics this is the big question that has been around since quantum mechanics has been around and everybody that uses it it's called the measurement problem it's also called decoherence where there is a collapse of the wave function so that when you look at it when you're not looking at it 
it's some it's a wave distribution of the particle when you look at it decoherence kicks in and it particle is in one specific spot that is the experience part that we then have based on the emergence of the micro to the macro scale now this opens a flood of different questions and there's many different explanations as to what the measurement problem is and how to solve it many worlds is a, is a favorite of a lot of people including mine i like that theory that that probabilistic distribution of where the particle is going to be every single chance is essentially uh, happens but just in many worlds so there's many versions of you and that is the interaction between the micro and the macro and that's really what we're trying to get at and we talked about this with consciousness as well the emergence principle applies where at the micro level of neurons and and signals and and chemicals it there is an interplay and when we essentially experience that we get the emergent phenomenon of consciousness we get the emergent phenomenon of self we get the emergent phenomenon of time time i'm still debating whether it's it's lumped in the same category we do experience time at the macro level we know this because of special relativity and quantum mechanics like time at that scale you can say it doesn't even exist uh and it at special relativity it it's different depending on how how much energy you have or how fast you're going so definitely time is an interesting way but self and consciousness a mind-body problem we're lumping in with consciousness like what is the mental realm okay it is an emergence of the physical as well so all of these are asking the same question that quantum mechanics asks. i'm not saying the answers are the same and some people have said that and i i'm assuming that's not the case i have to pause because i'm not sure about that assumption it is easy to say that consciousness basically plays a very key role in that emergent uh, experience of quantum mechanics. And the more I think about it, the more I'm leaning towards that. But that opens up a different gate of how much of the real world is in our minds. How much do we attribute to consciousness? Because, well... I guess maybe it doesn't. We can attribute our macro scale experience of the universe to our consciousness. It still opens that door because then we are saying that the world we experience is not what the objective reality is. How much of the objective reality then is actually true? We don't know. Are we going to ever explain what happens at the quantum level is to me like exactly what's going on without us observing it that's a way to that's another way to ask this question if we took ourselves out of the observation path of the universe what would it look like is it a quantum world where everything just like is in multiple positions at once there's entanglement entanglement basically goes against locality there's the heisenberg uncertainty principle as well we can't actually measure because the the particle doesn't have a position and a momentum at the same time and all of this you may be asking maybe a ramification of our experimentation tools it's not the physical reality is that that is there and entanglement breaks locality it says that these particles no matter how far in space we think we've taken them we haven't even taken them they're entangled and they travel faster than the speed of light uncertainty principle is a very interesting one it just it you can't it's just not possible to know the position and the momentum at the same time because it, it's not. It, you can't. The more you know about one, the less the other one is there. 
that's the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. And the Schrodinger equation is essentially the wave function uh, and how that evolves in time. And there's a single wave function for the whole universe. This all points to that our physical reality, our, our space, the time, and we haven't even talked about general reality, but what we experience is not what's happening out there in the universe, especially not the small scale. But I do believe that the emergence is the key here. Will we ever crack the code of emergence is really the question. Which one? Will we crack quantum mechanics to macro world or will we crack brain to consciousness? Are they the same thing? <laughs> My assumption is actually yes. They're linked. I wouldn't say the same thing. Um, what? Another way to ask the question is that if this table I'm sitting or leaning on is made up of trillions of atoms, at what stage do those trillion atoms become a table? This is not like the color of the table I know doesn't exist. Science tells us that it's electromagnetic waves and the lights being reflected off my house to my eyes. I'm interpreting those electromagnetic waves as the color, just right. Um, how much of the space actually physically am I leaning on? That is a question as well. At what point, if I was to recreate, maybe one day we'll be able to get it by recreating the trillions of atoms that are underlyingly in this table bound to molecules to the solid state that the table is it is the arrangement of the molecules and how they bind together via the forces that give the table its the representation of the table in my mind and my ability my physical ability to interact with the table if we started rearranging let's say we had a 3d printer let's say we had a 3d atomic printer where you would basically plug in, I, I don't know, okay, you know, plug in the, the atoms and the molecules you want, plug in the arrangement you want, give it the shape you want, and press go. And what it started to do is synthetically build those, uh, I mean, we have to start at the base level, it was a reductionism. We start at the quarks, right? So you, you might have to, it figures out what combination of up and down quark it needs in what way to give the protons and the neutrons, uh, to give the atom, and which atoms we need in terms of the elements to bind with which other atoms and which molecules we're going to need and then the arrangements of the molecules into the shape of the table. If we were observing that, at what point would it be a table? <laughs> what is the boundary then when those molecules stop being molecules and they become tables in our consciousness? Now, there are always molecules in the objective reality. There are always atoms. There are always quarks. But at some point, our consciousness determines the macro reality we see. That's a very interesting way to look at emergence. And then at what, pro at what time does the property of the table, like the, the, the ability to lean on it, kick in? It's the same, same time. The same time when it starts to become a table, it becomes a table. We see properties that are greater than the sum of it, the, the parts. And the properties of, of, you could say, of having four legs. Uh, you could say the fact that it has a weight. Uh, the fact that it takes up space is a property. Uh, and this is all properties in the macro world. I want to continue this because emergence to me is at the heart of what's going on here. But what is emergence as a concept itself? We should continue talking about.